Hello everyone, welcome to season two of uh, the Hampi Talks. This season, we are going to focus on sustainability and education. And the way I selected the guests I invited was to bring you different type of activities present in the UAE that you can get actively involved in as an individual, as an organization. And they are all related to sustainability and education. And they are actually quite fun and engaging. So I'm hoping you are going to enjoy the whole season. The very first guest is going to be the very well-known principal of Arbor School from Sustainable City in Dubai, uh, Brett Given, And uh, he's going to share with us how it works, like where this passion for sustainability and environmental friendliness come in his life personally and how he is implementing it in the school. It's going to be a very exciting conversation. Tune in. Good morning and welcome to the Hampi Place, Brett. It's really an honor and a pleasure, privilege to have you here. Uh, I have to say that I heard a million good things about you and about your school that were good. And uh, every time when I was uh, talking to people about putting together this podcast and highlighting some interesting stories from the UAE connecting sustainability and education, then Arbor School came up. So let me just say that well done and amazing to you and your team and your students, teachers, parents as well. Thank you. It's, uh, oh, I'm flattered and I'm glad to hear that uh, our name's out there. It's been, it's been a labor of love uh, for the last six years at the Arbor School. So I uh, appreciate it and thanks for having me here. Uh, of course. And uh, one thing I just uh, want to say, which I'm personally super curious about, uh, how did you start you know, your sustainability journey? Have you started it as a school principal? Have you started it as an individual? And then you were very mindful about which schools you are choosing to work with. How did it all start? I wish it was that deliberate, but I think um, I kind of just followed my nose for over time. But, but if I really looked into, and I have done, I've reflected on where it started from, as I grew up on the beaches, in the mountains, in the forests, and without knowing it, that, that formed who I am. Uh, so I studied zoology, I studied environmental science as a, as a student, and then again, fell into teaching, followed my nose in teaching, eventually ended up um, in leadership and education, and I was working in a school in Dubai, fantastic school uh, and a gentleman called me and said hey there's a, um, a green school opening here in Dubai to which I looked at him slightly strangely and said I'll come and have a look um, and that's how I ended up joining in the Arbor School. So that, that was my journey to the Arbor School but I, I had previous to that decided to give up eating meat and become plant-based because of the sustainability issues around it. Um, a long time ago I joined Greenpeace and things like that as a student so I've never been um, kind of a militant activist but it's always been been with me yes well you know I'm, I'm really pleased to hear this journey it just it just shows so nice involvement of uh, how you were just uh, following your nose as you said and and creating something bigger than just changing your own mindset and your own lifestyle and habits and uh, kind of permeating creating developing a school culture around it so how did that go that process well, the, the, the Arbor School um, was founded on a philosophy, an eco-sophy, which is, which is interesting because obviously in Dubai, a lot of the schools are, are for-profit schools. And so there's sort of a market niche where they'll say, right, there's a space here that we could fill and, and parents have a demand for it. But the Arbor School itself was founded on this deep green philosophy that said, the world is a sanctuary. You and I are collaborators, not competitors. Um, the best place to learn is the natural world, et cetera, et cetera. And so that, that eco-sophy then 
formed the sort of uh, direction, I guess, gave the direction to how um, the school would be shaped, what it would look like, what the education would look like, what the style of teaching would look like, what the spaces we needed for the children would look like. Because um, whilst we use the word sustainability, it's really only one of our pillars. And sustainability is, is kind of the operational decisions, I guess, we make, how to, how to reduce our footprint operationally. The much, much bigger challenge, because whilst that's not easy, it's quite operational, the bigger, bigger challenge and the longer um, journey is how do you change children's mindsets over long periods of time so that things like recycling, which shouldn't even be a question, is default, right? And, and the way that you do that is you start with connection, connecting children with the natural world because they're not going to care about it if they don't know about it. Build their curiosity. So what kinds of spaces and places and ways of teaching would build curiosity and sustain curiosity all the way through from age three to age 18? Um, connecting and then building their passion and then building their purpose. And so the Arbor School has, has got three pillars, sustainability, the operational decisions we take, eco-literacy, understanding fundamental ecological principles to build sustainable human communities, and environmental justice. So understanding or helping people to understand that you and I should share equally in environmental goods and environmental bads. There's a human element to the decisions that we take. That's lovely, you know, and uh, um, I learned a lot, you know, from <laughs> even this uh, brief intro. And the question that came up to me at once is, uh, knowing that your teachers come from different families and those families, by default, they might have a different approach, different mindsets, um, and different type of habits, you know, that they nurture daily. Uh, how is parental engagement uh, present in the life of Arbor School? It's a fabulous question. Um, and we, you know, when we started as a new school, people came to us, we, we said, because of price and proximity. Um, but as we, we really committed and, and were authentic about what we were trying to achieve, we found that you know, that resonated within the community. And so we started to attract people that came to us, not for where we are, but because of who we are. And so we, we do have a large number of families that come because they care about this planet Earth. They care about a more abundant future. They care about and are, are anxious about the life their children um, have in front of them. So we certainly have a, a large group that come for that. And then we have other families who come because they like what, what Arbor offers, which is um, a, a strong curriculum based in the English national curriculum, but with a certain approach to teaching and learning. So we have a balance of families who are really, really purpose-driven and those that just want great education at the Arbor School, uh, and we welcome both, obviously. Um, an, an interesting piece of research, or most research, shows that whilst we can impact a lot of what the children kind of know and can do, uh, most of the values, as you've said, are influenced more from home. So my job then as a leader, as a sort of holder of the vision, is to try and make sure that our community is fully engaged in what we do. So um, we always say that sustainability can't be achieved within our four walls. Sustainability is a community practice. So making sure that we offer ways for parents to engage meaningfully in the school, not just come for parent reports or come for days to see what the test marks look like. It's about coming in to, to join with us to learn about eco-literacy as adults as much as we're trying to teach the children. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it, uh, um, it really shows what happens is that you are developing an ecosystem, an ecosystem in the human relationships uh, part as well. So it's not only about the environment, but somehow reflecting uh, what the nature already shows us, you know, when we say ecosystem in the human relationships in the system. So um, that's, that's just wonderful even to imagine, you know, be part of that community. And um, one 
of the one of the questions I started thinking of is that so many of the, the schools and so many of the curricula are really, really focusing so much on the academic growth, whereas yours add on the other many important elements as well. So how is it balancing out? Like how easy it is for you or how challenging it is for you to keep up those academic standards and growth and equally nurture those what we call soft skills. Mm. I, feel, I feel a little bit not right word for it and expression um, and also the, the care and the, 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 that mindset that has nature and, and, and planet in, in their mind and in their hearts. Um, it's a real tension that we walk every day and, and if I can give you, rather than soft skills, we, we use the word eco-competencies. So we, we um, use, again, some fairly well-researched um, documents that come mostly out of the UN that say these are the competencies that our children need to um, survive in an abundant world. And it's things like systems thinking, critical thinking, connectiveness, um, as well as understanding ecological principles. I refuse to believe, I refuse to believe that we can't have an education where children have fantastic reading, writing, arithmetic, and care about each other, and care about the planet. How can those things be at odds? I refuse to believe that's possible. And so that's the tension we walk every day is, okay, what part of what we're doing do we need to really today focus on, whatever, multiplication tables? And then what part do we really need to focus on helping the children connect with nature? And I am out to prove uh, and it's not a question, and it is proven at the minute, that we can have both. Why, why, should, why should we um, have a default understanding of education as sitting in chairs staring at books? There's a time for it. There's a place for it. But also there's a time for being outside. There's a time for connecting and caring about your friends and your colleagues. There's a time for thinking and taking and transferring your knowledge of English, math, science, geography, history, and putting it into action. And so the challenge for us is, is how do you design the curriculum to balance those things out? How do you identify teachers that have got the skill set to know when to do one thing and know when to do the other thing? Um, and how do we ensure that our children are, are developing in the way that we think is important? The assessments, I guess, outside of a normal test, how do we know that they are becoming more eco-competent? Um, but I, yeah, I refuse to believe that we can't have both of those things. Won't happen. Sure, I, I would agree with you that we can have all of them and much more at the same time. It's just about the intention. What, what is the intention we really have? And uh, if suppose so, and I'm hoping so, that many of the schools with their COP28 are getting excited about the green school education that the Ministry of Education announced, mm. a couple other initiatives that might come up in the coming months or hopefully it's going to go on in the coming years, what would be some, some piece of advice, some guidance that you would give specifically to school leaders who are eager to start out on this journey and they, they, they are happy to implement things, but they're just really not sure what and how? Right. Um, one thing that educators, certainly school leaders, are fantastic at is, is action planning for change because education changes so quickly. And I've said to many school leaders, if I said to you improve literacy, you would have a really clear way of doing it. You'd put someone responsible for it, you'd put in place an action plan, you'd put in place milestones. It's exactly the same with sustainability. The first thing you do is you say either I'm responsible as the principal or I'm going to commit X resource to be responsible. They design an action plan, they go and look for expertise if they don't have the expertise and get started. That's the number one thing you could do. If you really care about it, if you're intentional, 
then commit resource to it. And once you've started down that track, then it, then it will grow its own um, legs and steam, I guess. That's good. Okay. That's good. And also, the, um, um, if, if you can and if you want to highlight, um, and a little bit zooming out from Arbor School, mm. is on a global perspective, if you look at the global level, there are many, many other schools committed to this and are already doing it or have been doing it for decades. Uh, what are the learnings that we can take from them? And I use we as, we as, as, as potentially those school leaders who really want to implement sustainability in their schools. Good one. I think the, the key learnings are that it, it can't be a bolt-on, uh, and by that I mean it, it's very easy to have an eco-council, which is 15, 20 children, and then you change them next year, but of course if your school's got 500 children, then that eco-council won't change the children. It might do an initiative, but it won't change the children. And so um, what you're looking for is deep-seated intentional change in the children. And so the, the learnings have been that the number one thing you can do to change children's mindset is connect them with nature. So get outside. That would be the number one thing, I think. Get outside into the gardens, use the school as a living lab laboratory, get outside into your natural environment, learn this place. Our children are very well connected with this place, and by this place for me, I mean the UAE. If I try and introduce them to um, forest fires in the Amazon, it, they learn it as a disaster. They learn it as something to be anxious about. They learn it as black and white. This is good and that's bad, and it's very polarizing. So what we want them to do is learn this place really well, wherever this place is for you. Um, and get outside and connect with it. And once they connect with it, they care about it. They care about it, they then want to help to save it. Yeah, thank you so much. I can't help but ask you, would you recommend, because you mentioned this place a couple of times, mm. would you recommend and why would you recommend them, um, for example, a space like ours? A space like ours in terms of... Uh, the Hempy Place The Hempy Place, yeah. Well, every, uh, I think I've said, every decision you take in a, in a school for me, is an intentional decision towards the future you want to be. If you're going to use product X, it's got um, certain outcomes or impacts. If you choose product Y, it's got certain outcomes and impacts. So if we choose a uniform that's made from uh, recycled polyester, or we choose one made from natural organic materials, those are both decisions that I, I can take. Um, and whilst one of them might have a trade-off, I don't know, maybe more costly, the impact on the planet would be huge. And so, for sure, I, I would recommend that um, schools branch out beyond what they normally would do uh, and, and choose, make decisions that are better for the planet and better for the future. Thank you so much. I learned a lot from you and I, I appreciate you, you know, taking time out, creating time to come from Arbor School all the way up to uh, Ajman joining the Hampi Talks. And I'm wishing really, really all possible growth and uh, success to Arbor School. And I would also like to say and reassure you about all the support I can give. Uh, I'm more than happy to contribute. It sounds like an amazing success story already, but if uh, there is way to grow and you see us supporting anyway, we are more than happy to do that. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. And in the next one, I'm going to bring you two very nice ladies from Dubai, Charlotte and Ivana. They are moms and they are entrepreneurs. They developed a very exciting curriculum that they are offering to parents, schools, organizations and companies that help to translate the sustainable development goals into daily actions. Have a listen. Mm -hmm.